afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you to the Promise of Our Father podcast. Today we'll be teaching on from out of the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. Verse 26 reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every creepy thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that you see in which on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit you seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creepeth on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So, my brothers and sisters, I want to tag this today or title this today. God created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. God created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. Now we see God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him male and female on the sixth day. This is very interesting because after that happened, on the sixth day, God rested on the seventh day from all his work. Before we dive into this any further about the sixth and the seventh day in the beginning of creation, let's look at the book of Luke. Luke 24, verses 39 to 45. This is where Christ was raised from the dead on the third day when he came through the doors that were shut. As we continue the message and see how Luke 24, 39, 45 ties directly into Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we're going to have a better understanding why he came through the doors that were shut. In Luke 24, 39 reads, Behold my hands and my feet, that is I, myself, handle me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. This is Christ teaching and talking to his disciples. When he said this, he should he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still, while they still did not believe for the joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broad fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. This is heavy because Christ is in another form. Now, then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now you have to remember that Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. This is important to know because God revealed to Moses all the things we are witnessing, witnessing in Genesis. These five books was called, was known as the Pentateuch, the Pentateuch, 
Remember that because we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to rightly divide the word of truth about that. But Christ's main purpose for teaching them was because he was revealing the beginning of creation to them. In Luke 24, verse 45, and he opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So what the disciples encountered in Luke 24 through verses 39 through 45 huh, was because they would have a better understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Christ was teaching them how his body that had Flesh and blood, excuse me, flesh and bones was able to come through a six, through a shut six inch thick door and was still able to eat fish in honeycomb. They was confused about that. They didn't comprehend that because they remember that he came through the doors that were shut. So Christ was opening their minds and understanding in order for them to comprehend the scriptures. I am sure that was a huge challenge for Christ as it is in society today. Huh? In 2023. Simply because of all the different denominations and religion affiliations that are out there. There are more than 45,000 denominations globally. Followers of Jesus span the globe, but the global, the global body of more than two billion Christians is separated into thousands of denominations. This leads me to think this is the reason so many Christians and believers have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they be saved. But I want you to, I want you to understand, when people are saved, we're going to get into this further in the podcast, what are they saved from? But yeah, the scripture teaches us that, that God has a desire that the people of Israel be saved. For I bear them witness in verse 2 that they have a zeal for God, but are not according to knowledge. I want you to know in the book of Isaiah, verse 28, 9 through 10, the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 9 through 10, it reads, Whom will God teach knowledge, and whom will God make to understand the message? Huh? Without the knowledge of God and Christ, it is impossible to understand the message. So I want you to realize in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But here he says that people have changed the zeal of God, huh? changed the knowledge of God for the zeal. So in Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed because of what they have a zeal for and what they are lacking of as God being the knowledge. Because Christians and believers have rejected knowledge. And God says, I will also reject you from being raw priesthood and a peculiar special group of people and ruin the next generation that is supposed to be God's chosen 
generations. Oh, I'm getting warmed up here now. So my brothers and sisters, after Christ rose from the dead on the third day, he began to open up his disciples' understanding that they might comprehend the, 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 the scriptures. This is vitally important because the knowledge of the glory of God and himself as Christ is attached to Christ's teaching. In Matthews 23, 8 through 10, it says, But you do not be called rabbi, for there is only one who is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. This is insinuating that we should not be given our pastors, bishops, apostles, preachers, uh, credit for teaching the word of God, because there is only one teacher, and that teacher is Christ. Amen. Matthew 23, 39 says, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for there is one your father, he who is in heaven, who is God. So now verse 23 in Matthew 23, 10 repeats what Matthew 23, 9 says. And the scriptures repeat what God says in Matthew's, huh? Come on. Verse 9. So watch this here. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher. Who is Christ? My brothers, this is so important because so many times we look and, and we give praise and we are worshiping in Matthew 12, 43. It says that people praise men more than they praise God. Yeah, because they lack the knowledge of God. So they praise a man who say he is of God in teaching the word of God. But I want you to realize in John 6, 45, it is written in the prophets. Huh? And they all shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to Christ. When you see the red writing in the New Testament, it is Christ teaching and speaking. So actually, Christ is really teaching Jesus in the, in the New Testament, but everybody thinks Jesus is teaching through Christ. But Christ is really the one teaching through the body of Jesus, because now Jesus had to be taught by Christ, because Christ is our teacher. If Christ is our teacher, and the scripture just said in John 6, 45, huh? that we all are taught by God. My brothers, when you see the red writing, you got to know that it's Christ's teaching. huh? And if Christ had to be taught by God, and all of us had to be taught by God, even Christ had to be taught and learned by God as well. Amen. How we know that? In John chapter 8, verse 28, it says, When you lift up the Son of Man Christ was teaching, he said, Then you will know that I am he. You got to watch out for that, that I, I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as the Father taught me, uh-oh, there go the teaching. So as the Father taught me, I speak these things and teach these things from out of the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms as you see me speak and say right now. So in essence and in retrospect, the teaching of Christ come from the knowledge of God. Hey, if Christ didn't reject, if Christ didn't reject God knowledge and Jesus didn't reject Christ knowledge, why are we? As Christians and believers are rejecting the knowledge of God in Christ's teaching. Come on.
I tell you why. In Romans 10, 2, it says, For I bear you witness today, my brothers and sisters and Christians and believers. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Hey, glory. You can attach the knowledge of God to the zeal, but you can't attach the zeal to God and have the knowledge. Come on. Oh, my brothers. Now, what do all this have to do with? God created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. Early, we asked the question, what is the image of God? <clears throat> and if he created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day, we are going to have to understand Whatever reason God created man as a male and a female in his own image must tie into Luke 24:49. Christ was teaching, I will send the promise of my Father, excuse me, up on you, and you will be endowed with power from on high. Now you have to ask yourself, what is the promise of God? <clears throat> Come on. Before we find out what is the promise of God, we have to answer the question, what is God on image? He created man as a male and a female on the sixth day. John 4, John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking for such to worship Him. God is spirit, ye glory. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Come on. Now, if God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, if God is spirit, this has to tell us what God created man out of when he created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. If God is spirit. Luke 24 for Luke chapter the book of the Luke chapter twenty Luke chapter forty nine excuse me Luke chapter twenty four verse forty five Luke chapter twenty four verse forty five and Christ opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. My brothers, we got so much so much to teach on today, but we're gonna walk through it and take our time. And my brothers in Mark chapter 20, Mark chapter 14, verse 58, we heard Christ say, I will destroy this temple made with hands. And within three days, I will build another one made without hands. We are the temple of God. We're going to walk through a few scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He, he says, oh, do, do you not know that your body is the temple of God? who is in you, so we should worship God in spirit and truth and therefore glorify God in our bodies and in our spirits, which are God's, who created man as a male 
and a female in his own image on the sixth day. Scriptures also teaches us, my brothers, that be well lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. And in Colossians two, chapter verse and chapter Colossians chapter two, verse eight. It says, be aware lest someone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. My brothers and sisters, there are so many teaching, there's so much of teaching out there, just teaching you the basic elementary principles of Jesus, who is the Christ. But I want to say this to you in advance, you cannot get to God unless you come through Christ. Huh? In John 14, verse 6, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no one can come to God except by me. So therefore, even Jesus had to go through Christ to get to God. I know he was the word that was made flesh, but because he was in flesh, he still had to go through Christ to get God, get to God, just like we do. So beware lest anyone cheat you through the philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. And the, press, the the basic principles of the world. See, the world loves its own, and the world is doing what the world do. But God saying, and not according to Christ's teaching, because Christ is your teaching, and we are all taught by God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you and me are complete in Christ, who is the head of all principalities and power. Check this out. Look what happens when we are in Christ. When we are in Christ, in verse 11 and second, in, Ch- in Colossians chapter 2, in Christ you and I are circumcised with the circumcisions made without hands. Uh-oh by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Hey, is anybody out there circumcised by the Spirit of Christ? Come on. Let's not forget what Isaiah says. He says, who will? Who will God and Christ teach knowledge to? And let's not forget and remember what Romans says. He says that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Let's not forget what Jose says, that my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. They are rejecting God. And God says, I will reject reject you and your children's children. So let's not forget that who will God and Christ teach knowledge and who will they make to understand the message. My brothers and sisters here at the Promise of Our Father podcast is going to put some things out there and it's going to open up your understanding and it's going to open up your comprehension through the scriptures. So bear with me. He says line up online and precept upon precept. He says, I'm going to be here a little and I'm going to be there a little through the scriptures. And if anyone can rightly divide the word of truth, line upon line and precept 
precept upon precept and show my glory to my people. He says, that's who I'm going to teach knowledge to. And that's who I'm going to get to understand my message. Oh, brother. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. God created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. In Genesis chapter 2, it reads, That's the heavens and the earth, and all the hosts of their host of them were finished. Although the heavens and the earth was created, but it wasn't made yet. Uh-oh. You gotta watch out now. We are about to open up the scripture. So give me your undivided attention. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it reads, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done. And God rested on the seventh day from all his work in which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work in which God had created and made. Hold up. God had rested on the seventh day from all that he had created and made. What did God create and what did God make? Come on. Because whatever he created and whatever he made between the first day of creation through the sixth day of creation, he decided to sanctify the seventh day before he rested from what he had done. Amen. So in Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this take care of the part in which the scriptures, in the scriptures where it says in Genesis 2-3, where God rested from all his work in which he created and made. Now in Genesis 1-27, God also created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So now in Genesis 1, 26, oh, oh, let's go. Before he created man as a male and a female on the sixth day in his own image, God made a man in his image and in Christ's image and according to his likeness and Christ's likeness. And after God made a man in his own, in his image and in his likeness, after his after himself and Christ in a body in Genesis 1.26. But you have to go in Genesis 1.27, God created a man in his own image. As a male and female, he created them in a body on the sixth day. So you got two bodies that was made in the image of God, and you got two bodies that was made in the likeness of God, and you got two bodies that was made in the image of Christ. You got two bodies that was made in the likeness of Christ, and God took these both bodies, and he made one body for the sixth day. Hey, glory, come on. These two bodies tied into Genesis 1.1. When in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Later, as we continue the Promise of Our Father podcast, episodes will be explained further in detail on the terrestrial body and the celestial body and how the two bodies of God became one body on the sixth day.
So be sure to listen to the podcast huh? that God created man as a male and a female on the sixth day. We are doing a series of episodes until God calls us into the completion of these episodes. So be sure, my brothers and sisters, to tune in because now if this is not teaching the knowledge, I don't know what it is. But now we must make sure you understand the message. Now, this explains Genesis 2-3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which he had done, which he had created and made. Let us continue to open up the scriptures so that you will have a better understanding that you might comprehend the scriptures. Amen. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 4, as we continue to read, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day. The Lord God made the heavens and the earth. Hold up one minute. I thought the heavens and the earth was already made. Apparently it was, wasn't made, but we definitely know that it was created already. Come on. Earlier, we found out that before God created a man as a male and a female in his own image in Genesis 1.27, in Genesis 1.26, he made a man in the image and the likeness of himself and his son Christ. Now we see he is doing the same thing with the heavens and the earth that he created in the beginning in Genesis 1.1. Let's go back to Genesis Genesis chapter 2 verse 4. So now this is the history of how the heavens and the earth was made. Teaches us in Genesis 1-1 that tells us that the history, how the heavens and the earth was created. Now we are about to embark on the Lord God, who is Christ, made the heavens and the earth. Come on. So I want to clarify this. The heavens and the earth was created by God. But the heavens and the earth will be made by Christ. We got scriptures to prove that. Uh, So therefore, if if the scripture teaches us the history of how the heavens and the earth was created, now we are about to embark on how the Lord God, who is Christ, made the heavens and earth on the seventh day. This is the history of the heavens and the earth in Genesis 2, chapter 4. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. First of all, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, God spoke it into creation out of the word. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when it was created. But as it states in Genesis 2-4 in the B clause, in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, who is the Lord God, if God is already resting on the seventh day, you do know when they say in verse 4 in Genesis chapter 2, in the day the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, it was Christ. Huh? On the seventh day, while God was resting, 
If God was resting on the seventh day, Christ is at work in finishing the process of creation for his daddy, who is God. This is why the scriptures teaches us there is a rest for the people of God. Why? Because Christ being the first fruit of the Spirit was at work and doing his Father's will while he was resting on the seventh day. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 it says, And there remains therefore now a rest for the people of God. Let's continue in Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. Who is this Lord God? And how do we know that this is Christ, that is the one who has made the heavens and the earth and made man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and man became a living soul? Let's go to John 1. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we realize the Word that God created the heavens and the earth with was the Word that was with God in the beginning. But the Word that was with God is, is in John chapter 1, verse 2. He who Christ, huh, the Lord God, was in the beginning with God. So if it was a group of let us, if God was resting, who was the other portion of the let us that was working on the seventh day while God was resting? So here we find out the Lord God had to be Christ if God was actually resting on the seventh day. He who, verse 2, of oh, the Lord God was in the beginning with God in John chapter chapter 1, verse 2. In John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All things hold up, all things hold up, all things was made through him who the Lord God or Christ. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Hold up. Huh? Who made man from the dust of the ground? Especially if God was on the on the seventh day resting. Come on. Who made the heavens and the earth? Especially if God was resting on the seventh day. My brothers, this is heavy because you have to understand, I told you we're going to go into places. We're opening up the scriptures. We're opening up in your mind. We're opening up your understanding. God says, who will he teach knowledge? And who will he get to understand his message? I pray that you follow me as I teach this hymn. And I pray that you leave the elementary doctrine of the teaching that you have, have been taught. Because I had to leave from where I was in order to get what God is doing through this revelation knowledge that he's teaching. This is how I understand the message. This is how I, I understand the knowledge of God. Because Christ, Christ has become my teacher. And over the years, my brothers and sisters, I was in the same place the majority of the church and Christian people and Christians and believers are in right now. Until I started studying and showing myself approval unto God and the workman not ashamed of the gospel of the living God of Christ, the eternal glory of God, I began to come into a place where it is unthinkable what God is teaching and showing his sons and his daughters who believe in the eternal 
promised spirit of God, the promises of our Father podcast is going to take you there. If you allow for us to take you there, we'll bring you there through the spirit of Christ, who is our teacher, and because we are all taught by God. Amen. So in Isaiah, I say, who he will get to teach knowledge? And who will he get to understand the message, precept upon precept? My God, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Let's go back to Genesis 2, verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth, whom when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5 says, Before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God, who is Christ, had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Excuse me. Hold up. If there was no man to till the ground, who was this man that God created as a male and a female on the sixth day in his own image? Uh-oh. Come on. You with me? So in John 5, 39 through 40, it says that the only way we are going to find out who, who this man is, is by searching the scriptures. And in John 5, 39, it says, if you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of Christ. But there are another group of people Christ says that is out there. But you are not willing to come to me that you have eternal life. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, through the promise of our Father podcast, God is teaching us how, how to actually walk in believing and knowing that we have eternal life. This message is going to turn a lot of people off because a lot of people don't believe in eternal life because of what they've been taught. Revelation, let me bring this forward and put this out there. At one time, my brother, I didn't believe in eternal life, and I thought I, all of us had to die, and that tomorrow wasn't promised. But when I come into the knowledge of God, I began to realize in the scriptures that God says, if you search the scriptures, you might think you have eternal life. I, write, I found out in the scriptures that if I had the mind of Christ, hey, it wouldn't be robbery to even be equal with God. So if I start thinking like Christ out of 1 Corinthians to, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, he says, who have the mind to instruct God? But he says, we have the mind of Christ. Glory. So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, let me say this to you, that God is telling you and I that we must, oh, my brothers and sisters, we must do a thing in God where God wants us to understand the thing that he is doing. Because the fact of the matter is, God says to you and I that if we search the scriptures, we might think we have eternal life, and these are they he, who testify of me. So my brothers and sisters, there are many out there that are not willing to testify of God because they are afraid to actually step out into the deep. Hmm? And to be where God called us to be, 
my brothers and sisters, it's going to take a powerful message to actually get us there. And here is where we're at in the in the part in the promise of our father podcast, we're gonna teach on some things that are gonna probably challenge your your relationship with God and with man. But you are not willing. And there are some out there not willing. So let's search the scriptures and find out just who is this man in Genesis 1:27 that God created man as a male and a female in his own image. On the sixth day. My brothers in Genesis, excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now we clearly see this body from out of this man that he created as a male and a female is in his own image. On the sixth day is a body or a house that God built and made without hands from his eternal glory, his eternal spirit. Because remember in John chapter 4, verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship his eternal body, must worship him in his eternal body that he created on the sixth day in his own image that was made without hand. Let's finish up Genesis in chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 6 says, but as... But a mist, a mist went up from the ground, excuse me, a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Genesis 2, 7, man, is getting heavy to me. And the Lord God, who is Christ, formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Uh-oh, now we see who formed man from the dust of the ground. We've been taught all our lives that God himself formed man from the dust of the ground, but we understand that God rested after he created man as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. Out from of the man, huh? he made from his image and his likeness and the image of Christ and his likeness and created a body that was made out of hands from the made made without hands from the two bodies which was made in his image and the likeness in a body and in a body in Christ's image and likeness in a body and the two images and the two likenesses of God and Christ's body was put in the main, the man body that God created in his own image as a man. God created a male and a female out of a body that was made without hands on the sixth day. So without being repetitious, God took the body that he made out of the image of himself in Christ. In Genesis 1.26, he made a man from out of that body. And as you continue to, to follow us in the podcast, you're going to find out where that body come from. And then he made a man in Genesis in 1.27. He created a man. He made a man in his image and after his likeness, but he created a man. 
in his image and after his, after his own image as a male and a female in Genesis 1.27. So he took the body that he made, he made and he put it in what he created. Come on. And he made the two bodies from out of the one. But on that same day, he rested from all his work in which he had done. But on that same day, Christ continued on as the Lord God and formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and that man became a living soul. But you have to ask yourself, my brothers and sisters, come on. What causes that man to become a, live, become a living soul? Because when Christ or the Lord God breathed into the nostrils, the breath of life, the man was alive and conscious because he was aware of and responded to his surrounding and he was awake at, the very, at that very moment. He actually had the knowledge of something at the time, but it wasn't the knowledge of God yet. Come on. This man was formed from the dust of the ground, had the knowledge of the earth. Why? Because the earth was in Genesis 1-2 says that the earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, come on, Jesus, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So in retrospect, the earth had the knowledge of good and evil, although the Spirit of God baptized the earth when, the, when God was hovering over the waters and said to the earth, let there be light. There was a, this is a picture of the earth being born again. Through the Spirit of God, so the earth had the knowledge of good and evil, although it was born again by the Spirit of God. This means that the man, that the Lord God, who is Christ formed from the dust of the ground that came from out of the earth, had to have the knowledge of good and evil too. Come on. So when the Lord God or Christ was given instructions, was given instructions and he commanded the man not to eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, Christ or the Lord God couldn't be talking to the man God created on the sixth day in his own image in a body that was made without hands. My God that God commanded was in the, that commandment that Christ, you have to realize all this, all my life, I always thought God commanded the man not to eat from the tree. No, it says it in, Gen in Genesis chapter 3, but it was really said the Lord God commanded it. So when the woman heard from what the serpent said, it was all in out of order because Christ had made that man through the Spirit of God that was from the dust of the ground. So when Christ commanded, huh, 
When that commandment was intended for the man, when Christ commanded not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was commanded huh, to the man that was from the dust of the ground, not the spirit of him or the promise of my father that he created in his own image as a male and a female on the sixth day out of a body that was made without hands. Man, it stopped getting heavy. Because he was made in form from out of the earth. This is why that commandment was given to the man from the dust of the ground. Because the Spirit of God didn't have to deal with the knowledge of good and evil because all of God is good and nothing is evil about God. But since the earth was contaminated and was void and emptiness and darkness was on the face of the deep, God had allowed for us to come from out of something that he had already burnt again as being born again. I thought when he says that, you know what I mean? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believe in him shall have everlasting. I thought that man being born again started way back then. No, being born again started with us being created from out of the earth that had to be born again in order for us to be produced from out of something that was contaminated. Oh, my brother. Because it was only when Christ or the Lord God Breathe the breath of God that God created in his own image as a man, as a male and female that God made from out of the image and the likeness of himself and the image and the likeness of Christ that God created from out of his own image on the sixth day from a body that was made without hands by God. When Christ breathed the body that was made without hands that was in God's own image that God created as a man, as a male and a female, on the sixth day, it was only then that the man that Christ formed from the dust of the ground became a living soul. Come on. Because in Christ's teaching in Matthew 6.23, for what do it profit a man or for what do it profit a woman if he or she gains the whole world and lose his or her own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange of his or her soul? Come on. This is powerful because when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and his eyes was open in Genesis 3-7, this is a picture of Adam losing his soul because he exchanged his soul for a piece of fruit. He was told not to eat. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, let's read it so we can get some so a better understanding. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was ple pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, she took of it fruit and ate, so she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7 says, and then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. 
This is a picture of losing your soul or in essence, the body that God created on the sixth day in his own image for us to live forever and not die in the body that was made from the dust of the ground by the Lord God who is Christ on the seventh day. He breathed God into the and he, he, he breathed God into our bodies when we became a living soul. Adam was never supposed to die. My brothers and sisters, can we agree on that? If so, when Adam's eyes was open, he stepped from out of the eternal glory of God into time. Now, God has sent his son Christ or the Lord God who, who, are, who we are complete through the fullness of the Godhead and take us from out of time and step us back into the eternal glory of God. Hmm? This is the purpose God created the body that is made without hands for that reasons for you and I can have eternal life and live forever and not die. Second Corinthians tell us about these two bodies. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent that came from the earth on the, on the seventh day, that God, that the Lord God, who is Christ created from the dust of the ground, he says, if this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God from out of Genesis 1, 26 and 27. He says a house that was made as a male and a female out of a body that was made on the sixth day that was made without hands by God from the eternal glory of his spirit. He says, for in this, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 2, for in this we groan earnestly designed to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Hold up. Being clothed again with our habitation is heaven. Why? Because the definition of habitation is the state of, or the state of, or the process of living in a particular place. When we believe and know that God has promised us eternal life and we will live forever and not die, we are declaring to God that Christ, who is our life, we are in a state or the process of living, come on, in a particular place in God through Christ. How we know that? Because in the scriptures in Colossians chapter 3 verse 3, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Glory be to God. Hey, glory. Come on. Hey, glory. And this is the body of the image of God created man as a male and female on the sixth day in his own image in the body that was made without hands. Mm. Second Corinthians 5.3, this ties into Genesis chapter 3 when they lost what they had and God is reinstating us to get it again. So watch this here. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found, found naked. When was we naked? When Adam and Eve clothed themselves from out of the fig leaf, they took the fig leaf from off the tree that was alive. When they removed the fig leaf from out of the tree, they wrapped themselves in 
and consider themselves covering, but they was covering themselves in death. Because the fact of the matter, they took a living soul from off the tree and wrapped themselves up. And they called themselves bringing himself back into the position or the place with God. But now you got two living creatures. You got a living, a living fig tree leaves that's been uprooted from what causes to stay alive. And you got a man that was created from the dust of the ground. You have a woman that was created from the dust of the ground that was uprooted. Yay, glory. Lost what God put in them that he created on the sixth day in his own image and after his own likeness through his son Christ breathing the breath of life. When they became a living soul, they lost that and they became naked. They stepped from out of eternity and they stepped into time. So now he said that, that we should, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent, we who are in this habitation, we are in this dwelling place, uh, this habitation of God. You got to understand process of living in this particular place with God. He who dwells in the secret place of God, he actually is in a place hey, where he can abide forever. My brothers, well, we are in this tent growing and be, being growing and being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but father clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by eternal life. Glory. The reason we feel naked is Adam was naked when he disobeyed God in the garden. So all this ties into, my brothers and sisters, everything in the scriptures ties into Genesis chapter 1 to all the way to Revelation to the last chapter. My brothers, I want you to realize that this is the promise of God. Here at the pod, the Promise of Our Father podcast, we're going to be teaching on eternal life. If you don't want to know more about the teaching of eternal life and that you can live forever and not die, my brothers and sisters, shame on you. Because you cannot please God if you don't have the spirit of the eternal glory of God manifesting in you. You can't please God in the flesh, but the spirit. Swallowed up. Look, the scriptures even teach us in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 4. He says that, for we know, huh? We are in this tent growing and being burdened because we want to be unclothed, but father clothed, that mortality be swallowed up by eternal life. Hmm? So this is the testimony of God. Why is mortality going to be swallowed up by eternal life? It is a picture of God actually creating man from the dust of the ground that had the knowledge of good and evil before it became what Adam and Eve put it in as all it had already experienced it once. Now they experiencing it again with the power of the presence of God as the fullness of the Godhead being manifested when Christ breathed the breath of life and they became a living soul. They lost that when they actually ate 
from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they chose what they was, but they didn't want to be what they had become before they was. God gave them something they couldn't even recognize. How many times do the church still talk about having eternal life is after you die? How could it be if death is something that deceased, that ends a life and eternal means something that's continual life? So if you tie the two together, you'll still be mixed in all in water because they don't mix together. So if God says that the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. The gift can't be the same as the wages, my brothers, because God promised us, say, the gift. I'm getting warmed up now. Y'all better watch out. I got to slow down because I'm doing a podcast. But God promised us the gift. God's testimony is the gift. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters, let's go to the Let's go to 1 John chapter chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. Let's talk about the the promises of God. I'm trying to slow down a little bit. So let's go to John chapter uh, chapter 1 John chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abide in you. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is heaven because the Son and the Father was given us something in the, something in the beginning that we would abide in. We don't remember because we came through flesh and we have to be reinstated by what we should remember. So God wants us to realize that he's doing something so powerful. So he's saying it again here. Therefore, let that which abide in you, which, we heard, which you heard from the beginning. We heard it, but we don't remember it. Because when we heard it, we was in another form. Come on. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the picture of us being in a body. God created man as a male and a female on the sixth day in God's own image as a body made without hands. Then it goes to say in the next verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, and this is the promise that God has promised us, eternal life. God promised us eternal life. The scripture's father says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, these things I have written to you concerning those who would try to deceive you. Uh-oh, come on. Man, this is powerful. Spiritual, spiritual church leaders and Christians and believers, bishops and apostles and power, prophets and evangelists, pastors and, and preachers, our family members, our husbands, excuse me, your husband, not our husband because I don't have a husband, your husbands, our wives, our sisters, our brothers, our loved ones, our jobs, our children, I glory, tell us we all not promised that we are not promised that God has given us eternal life. We are not promised tomorrow because we all have to die. 
Here we read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, that God has promised us eternal life. And he write this to us to let us know that Christian folks uh, who say they love God with all their heart will tell you and they will tell me that God didn't promise us eternal life, that we will, that we will live forever and not die. They tell us that God didn't tell us that in yeah is written all over the scriptures. They tell us that's not what that means. You ever heard that, my brothers and sisters? Because if you haven't, it is so true. In John chapter 6, let's see if we can even open it up some more, the scriptures. He says, who will teach knowledge and who will he get to understand the message? Line upon line, precept upon precept, meaning that scriptures upon scriptures from the from when we read in Luke chapter 24, he read and he said that I'm teaching you and I'm telling you all these things because these are the things that the prophet from out of the law of Moses who wrote the the Pentateuch. The five first the five books, the five, the first five books in the in the, in the Bible, the Pentateuch with Moses actually. And in Genesis 1 is where he was talking about. Hey, glory. Moses says in, in Exodus 33, 18, he says, show me your glory, Father. Hey, look at the teaching. that Mo Hey, when the last time you asked God to show me your glory, Father? Hey, glory. Come on. Glory, I got to get out of that. But here in John, in the book of John, chapter 6, look what the scripture says. I'm teaching precept on precept, uh, line upon line. I'm teaching the knowledge of God. My brothers, I pray that you continue with us in these podcasts because they're going to take you into places and they're going to open up your understanding and they're going to they're going to open up your comprehension of the script through the scriptures. In John 6, 48 through 51, it says, I am the bread of life. I want you to remember that in Matthew 23, 8, he says, there is only one that you'll teach you. He says, and that is Christ. In John 6, 45, a few verses before this, he says that, look, we all are taught by God, taught and learned by God. He even says in John, in John 6, uh, uh, in John 6, 47, he says that, and they that believe in me shall have everlasting life. And then we get to John 6, 48, and he says, I am the bread of life that I'm telling you about that you're going to be living all your life in. He says in verse 49, he says, your fathers and them ate the manna, which is in the, the manna in the wilderness and are dead. And the word manna means, oh, watch out. He's, the word manna means, oh, watch out. He's, it actually means, what is it? So in in John six uh, six uh, uh, six thirty three he was saying that this is the bread of God. Mm, this is the bread of God that came down from heaven. And if you eat of this bread, you shall live forever. So you got the bread of God and you got the bread of life. See, the bread of life and the bread of God is two different bread from the same source. So the bread of life came through the bread of God. And the bread of God sent the bread of life for the body of Jesus so that we could have this bread that came through the doors that was shut on the first day of the week. And he breathed the breath of life in them. So now watch this here, my brothers. He says that your fathers and them ate in John chapter 6, 49. Your fathers and them ate the manna. They ate what, what is it? They didn't know what they was eating in the wilderness and are dead. 
He says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that if one may eat of it and not die. How do that tell me that tomorrow is not promised? How do that speaks to me and says tomorrow is not promising that we all have to die? He compared a living bread, something that if you ate from, he says he compared to the thing that you can live from. If you eat of the bread of eternal life, if you eat of the bread of God, if you eat of the bread of life, hey, I came down from heaven. How could you compare it? My brothers, we're going to break down the walls of separations. And I pray that you share these messages with the, the individuals that you got, that, that you have in your inner circle. Because these messages are going to bring you to another dimension in another place. So now let's continue to read. He said, this is the bread which comes down from heaven and that one may eat of it and not die. So how can that tells me that God did not promise you and I eternal life. He said that you I write these things to you that you may that you may not be deceived. Mm, vain philosophy. The traditions of men, verse 51, John 6, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he or she will live forever. Come on. And the bread that I, I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Hold up, brother. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. In Luke 3, chapter 21 and 22, he says that, my brothers and sisters, he says that, and this is Jesus went through the baptism. And many of them was being baptized on that day. And Jesus baptized and he prayed. And he prayed and the wonders of heaven opened up. And he says that the Holy Spirit of God came down in a bodily form. He as a dove. So now we see that when this living bread came down upon the body of Jesus' flesh, even the living bread that came down and he says, I'm going to give this bread for the life of the world. Even Jesus' body needed the bread of life in order to have the life of the bread of God. Yeah. Come on. This bread is Christ's flesh. It's the same body that God created and made on the sixth day in his own image. A body that was made without hands in God's own image. So when Christ came down, he came down as the bread of life, but he came down in the image of God. Why? Because he proceeded forth from out of what he came from out of as the bread. God was the bread of God, and Christ was the bread of life that came from out of the bread of God. And if you eat of God's flesh as the bread, and if you eat of Christ's flesh as the bread, you shall live forever and not die. Hey, man, this is heavy. Come on. Why is the church not preaching about this? And I'll tell you why in closing, my brother. I'll tell you why, because there is over 45,000 denominations globally and over 2, two billion Christians who don't have the knowledge of God and His Son Christ. My brother, this is Pastor D.
This is Pastor D. Washington coming from you out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen. Stay tuned for part two. Amen. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you.